Why don't you lift your hands before you're seated? Father, we thank you for this great crowd that's gathered on this Sunday night in your house to kick off these wonderful meetings. I thank you that even right now you begin to touch and change lives. I thank you for everybody that's watching online that you begin to touch and change them even right now. Father, thank you for this window of opportunity that you've given us to see the hand of the devil broken over America. I thank you that Alaska will not be left out of this great revival. Use this meeting tonight, Father, to light a fire in people, to run for you, to win the lost, to fulfill the call of God on their life. In Jesus' mighty name, I curse the root of heroin addiction and sales in Alaska. I curse methamphetamine addiction in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, by the time I leave Friday night, let there be no trace of the wicked left in Wasilla. In Jesus' mighty name, restore every family that's been damaged. Restore every marriage. Everything that's been broken the last two years, let it come into order today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Give the Lord God another great hand clap. can be comfortably seated. I want you, if you have your Bible, to open it with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. <coughs> Listen to what the Bible says. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Everybody say, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. So, I mean, just that verse, if you were to stop there for the night, would be worth coming to church for because most Christians are waiting for God to bless them. You know, I, I, I need to feel more anointing. They're just always waiting. They never get anything done. Rather than realizing the Bible says that Christ has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing there is, and then really now it's about stirring it up and activating what's on the inside of you. Can you say Amen. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us. Oh, whoever's doing sound, magnificent job. Glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. I know every evangelist comes and yells at the sound people, so I just figured I would do the opposite. But he actually did do a good job. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Everybody say, my sins are forgiven. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. So you should never say that you're slow or I have trouble learning or I can't remember. That might have been, you might have been a royal dummy before you got saved, but the Bible says once you get saved that God actually uh, also takes care of your mind and showers you with all wisdom and understanding. Everybody say this, I'm not a dummy. And it's good for you to know that and it's good for other people to know it because if you call somebody a dummy in Alaska, you're liable to wind up with a 50 caliber bullet wound. Amen. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out. Uh, 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 verse 9, God has now revealed to us his, mysteri his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. 
at the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, turn page, would bring praise and glory to God. 13, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the gospel that God saves you. And when, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Now listen to 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Now, if Paul was going to pray for you, what would he pray? I mean, you're talking about the apostle that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. They say, I pray that you be healed, and I'm praying for you for to have a breakthrough. No, listen to what Paul said. Paul said, I pray for you, and he tells what he prays. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you, everybody say, give me, spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those whom he's called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. Notice that Paul didn't say, I want you to understand the incredible greatness of God's power on the inside of me because I'm an apostle. He said, I want you to understand the incredible greatness of God's power toward us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above. Everybody say far above. Any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. This is probably what I have my life's work cut out doing. Because people, for whatever reason, by and large, I'd say 99 out of 100 Christians, choose to substitute having somebody pray for them or knowing someone who has power rather than having power themselves. You remember the first thing that Jesus did when he died? The Bible says when he breathed his last and gave up the ghost, the veil in the temple that separated the presence of God from man was torn supernaturally from top to bottom. That the presence of God that had been blocked from man when Adam sinned could now be amongst everybody. Well, what was the setup before that? The setup before that was if you had a problem, you had to go to the high priest, and the high priest would go and tell God on your behalf. So what Jesus did was made it so that everybody can come boldly before the throne that's saved and obtain help and favor in the time that they need it. I just had a lady write on our website yesterday. She said, I noticed on your website I was trying to tell a prayer request, and there's no place to submit prayer requests. That's because I, that's, that's not what I got in the ministry to do. 
If God wanted me to take your prayer request to him, then he never would have sent Jesus. I could have become a high priest, worn a fancy robe, had you tell me your problems, and then once a year, do it for you. But you notice that Christian television and everything is packed with that. Call the number at the bottom of your screen. Tell us your prayer request. My wife and I are going to anoint your prayer request with oil and pray for it on your behalf. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with praying for the sick. But as a mode of operation, for people to depend on a preacher or a pastor, an evangelist, and his wife to take to get an answer from God is exactly the opposite of why God sent Jesus. So Paul said to the church in Ephesus, he didn't say, I'm praying and I want you to know, church in Ephesus, if you mail in your prayer requests, I'm getting ready to pray for you tomorrow. I'm going to take those requests. Actually, I'm going to Israel in a week. I'm going to take those requests to the Holy Land right on the same steps that Jesus walked, and we're going to put them there on an altar and, and, and offer up a prayer for you. That's not, what, that's not what Paul said. Paul said, I pray for you. But what was he praying? I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light. Light in the Bible connotates revelation. I pray that you would begin to understand the incredible greatness of God's power that is for us who believe. Can you say amen? Amen. Because until you understand that you're empowered by God, then you're going to struggle with things that you should easily dominate. You know, I can kill a spider like this. But if I, I think I have to put up with a spider crawling on me and I find one on my arm and instead of flinging it across the room and then going and stomping on it, I just, oh, this spider's on my arm and uh, I, I hope it gets off my arm soon and I wait till the next Sunday and when they take prayer requests and pray for everybody at, at, at church, say, you know, uh, I just have a prayer request. I've had a spider on my arm the last five days. It's actually made a nest in my hair and is... Uh, given birth to several other spiders and they're all biting me and uh, I don't know how long that spider is going to be there but I'm praying that it leaves soon and I'd like you to agree in prayer with me that it goes away. Now if somebody talked to you like that you'd start thinking they had a mental problem and if you saw the spider crawling on them you'd say listen rather than pray would you mind if I just killed it and you'd smash that spider. Well, as foolish as it is to put up with a spider crawling around you and biting you from time to time, it's just as foolish to think you have to put up with any of the devil's power and any of the devil's attacks against you and your family. Because when Jesus came, he gave unto us. Say unto us. The Bible says he gave unto us all authority, authority over all the power of the devil. You don't have to pray about what you already have authority over. Can you say amen? Amen. There's things to pray about. But there's, you know, I'll tell you this while I'm on the subject. My prayer time this year has taken a major change. Because I I don't want to end up spending the whole message on it. But I read in Matthew 6.33 that Jesus said, If you seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, the expansion of the kingdom of God, all the other things that you could buy, that you could work for, that you could pray for, All the other things, I'll just add them unto you. In other words, if you put your energy into my kingdom and the advancement of my kingdom, I'll make sure you never get the chance to pray pray about personal need. So when that revelation hit my spirit, I haven't prayed one person. I haven't prayed for Adonis. I haven't prayed for my daughter Camila because that's my house. God said, if you make my house your concern, I'll visit your house and make sure you never have a worry in your house. So I've prayed, I've spent more time in prayer by the grace of God this year than any other year. And I've not prayed, Lord, help me. Lord, I need a financial breakthrough. Anything that I could talk about. 
Instead, I've just praying, Father, this week in meetings, let people be drawn in from the north and the south and the east and the west. Let people in Wasilla that are addicted to heroin and addicted to drugs be dragged in here by angels if nobody invites them. Let your kingdom expand. Let people be saved by the hundreds in Jesus' name. Because I'm not, I've decided I refuse to wallow in personal need. I'm going to pray for the advancement of God's kingdom. But when it comes to attack or anything like that, I don't, the devil is under my feet. I don't have to re-put him under my feet. Jesus destroyed him, made a show of him openly, and put him under my feet. And he's going to stay there till I go to heaven. So I'm going to use my time, not trying to fight my way to keep my head above water, but seeing the kingdom of God expand. And as I do, all the other things will be added unto me. I want you to lift your hands all over this room. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ, as God visits us this week, as your heart is flooded with light. The last time you were ever consumed with personal need will be the last time you're ever consumed with personal need. From this day forward, you'll walk in abundance, you'll walk in overflow of the anointing, and you won't need help. You're anointed to help the hurting world around you. Receive that today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you receive that tonight, put those hands together and give God a mighty, mighty shout of praise. Say it so the devil can hear you. Say, I am anointed. And so when you understand that you're not trying to get the anointing, you are anointed. The Holy Spirit, he doesn't go and come back. You know, I I got in the habit of coming to church late because when I was young, you know, 23, 24, and would get invited to preach at a church, you know, they'd say, well, Brother Jonathan, before we go in, I'm just going to have the deacon circle around you. Let's pray that God anoints Brother Jonathan tonight. I felt like saying, if you waited... If, if you booked a preacher that wasn't anointed and had to wait till five minutes before the service to get anointed, you booked the wrong preacher. This is going to be a bad week of meetings. I don't, I don't get anointed and then preach and then go back to being Clark Kent. You put on the blue tights and the red cape, and you stay in the blue tights and red cape. Can you say amen? I never, I never understood what was wrong with Superman. Why, if you could do that, would you ever change out of that uniform and go get a job at the Daily Planet? I'd be flying around all day, fighting crime all day. You know, what's the point of putting on glasses and slicking your hair over the side and looking like a nerd for 10 hours a day? But you know, that's what most Christians do. They think the anointing is something you slip into during praise and worship, and then, and then when you go back out there, part your hair and put your glasses back on and let the devil slap you around. But I came to tell you tonight, God's going to fill you with the fire of the Holy Ghost, and when you leave here, you're not taking off the cape. God has an end time army that he's anointing to drive the devil out, to torment demons 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you know you're here tonight because you're part of that army, clap your hands again and give God a mighty, mighty shout of praise. Come on, let the Lord hear you tonight. Let the devil know he's got people that are coming for him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this out loud. I don't go by how I feel. I go by what the Bible says. Now, I'm glad you're saying that, but I want you to get that rooted in you. Because people, anywhere you're not convinced about what the Bible says or don't know where it says, that's where the enemy has a hole to attack. Brother Jonathan, uh, the doctor said I might have this. The doctor could tell me I might have anything. Wouldn't it make any difference to me? I'm too drunk on the Bible saying that 2,000 years ago, 
He took Jonathan Shuttlesworth's infirmities. If Jesus took them and you said you see them, I doubt your vision. I don't doubt what Jesus said. I'm too convinced. You see how quiet it gets. People don't like that, but that's their problem. I'm healed because the Bible says I'm healed. I'm blessed because the Bible says I'm blessed. If somebody gives me $1,000, that didn't bless me. The blessing's actually what attracted the $1,000. Can you say amen? I'm always blessed. I'm always healed. I'm always empowered. That's the track that Paul was saying. I pray that you would begin to understand that you're not a bunch of weak and defeated people up in Wasilla, Alaska that are trying to hold on until Jesus comes back. You're actually the occupying army that God has here from heaven to remind the devil every day that 2,000 years ago he got his rear end kicked on the cross of Jesus Christ. And now it's our job to drive devils out and bring souls in until Jesus comes back again. If you believe that with me, can you shout a loud amen? amen. Say it again. Say, I am anointed. I don't know if I told this story when I was here last year or not. But I remember, you know, just to tell you about not going by how you feel. <clears throat> One time, we were flying to Dallas. I was going to preach there Sunday morning. I think just two services Sunday morning. My wife and Camila and I. And uh, we took off. Just had two flights, you know. And as we're going to Dallas, everything's good. And I was watching on my app called Flight Aware. And all of a sudden, I mean, like must have been demonic. There was like a, a cell of thunderstorms. That was like red and orange, like the, you know, the dark colors. And it was just over the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. And so uh, I, I had my chronometer going on my watch. We were supposed to already be landing. We weren't landing. Then finally the captain comes on and says, if you noticed, uh, it's past the time when we're supposed to land. I'm up here in a holding pattern because they're not letting any planes land at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. He said, so we're holding up here. Well, then an hour goes by. We still have, we're still circling, and he says, well, we're getting low on fuel, and it doesn't look like that storm's going anywhere, so they're going to have us land in uh, Arkansas. Well, I learned that night that Arkansas is nowhere near Dallas, Texas. On a map, it looks really close, but in real life, it's much further than this. So, thank, thankfully, uh, I'm not stupid. So they were saying that we're going to have you wait here in Arkansas, and then when the storm clears... We're going to have you fly. But I told Adonis, you know, it's, it's 11 at night, and uh, they're, not, they're not going to wait till the storm clears and call a pilot and a flight crew in at 12.30 in the morning and fly. They're sticking us here at night, and i got to preach in the morning. So while we were in the air, I already went on my app on my phone on the, on the Wi-Fi there and rented a car, and while all the people lined up to get their $7 meal voucher, like a bunch of, <laughs> you know, great people, I, uh, I walked on and went right to my car. And then we drove, and I drove fast. But even driving fast, then we hit the storm when we were getting close to Dallas. Anyway, I finally got in and checked into my hotel. It was like 5.30 in the morning in Dallas. And the first service was at uh, 9 a.m., and I needed to be up at 7. Well, I can tell you, when I laid down and went to sleep at about quarter to 6, when my alarm went off 75 minutes later, I didn't feel anointed. I didn't even feel saved. I just felt sleepy. I felt like preaching a sermon called, go to heaven or go to hell, your choice, let me go back to sleep. <laughs> That's the honest truth. You know, you, you wake up tired like that, you don't have any compassion for souls. You know, it, it's one thing to not have anything to preach. It's another thing to be like that where you don't have anything to preach and don't care about having anything to preach. 
I felt like just getting up and going, what are you people staring at? Leave me alone. So what do you do when you feel, you say, oh, Father, please anoint me, please help me? No. I remember the thing that I'm preaching to you people. Obviously, I'm preaching it because I knew it first. That you don't say how you feel. You say what the Word of God says, and when you use your tongue to do that, it'll actually cause what God said to come into effect in your life. Now, right now, and then an hour from now, after I've laid hands on you, we, the Holy Spirit's moved tonight. It's easy to walk to your car out of tonight's service and say, I'm anointed. But when you're Monday at work or in whatever situation, you go to a barbecue tomorrow for Memorial Day, and what happens in every family happens. I mean, if you don't think life's spiritual, you need to go to a family barbecue. It's amazing how the Christians line up on one side and the unbelievers line up on the other side without anybody telling them to. You, you, you walk in. I've walked, in the, I've walked into functions where I'm the only Christian. It's like people know you're a Christian. Oh. All you did was smile and say hello. But there's an opposition. What do you do? Anybody can say they're anointed when, during praise and worship. But it's when you're at your job and you're the only Christian there. The only one on the slope that serves the Lord. That's the time after you've been mocked and ridiculed or whatever. To lift your hands and say, thank you, Father, that I am anointed with fresh oil because your word says I'm anointed. I got up out of bed, felt like laying in bed and missing. I mean, you know, when you're tired, you just don't care. You think, I'm, I'm not going to church. And then I get up, lift my hands, and say, oh, Lord, I'm tired. No, Father, thank you that I'm anointed with fresh oil. Thank you that you called me to preach. And when you called me to preach, you gave me power from heaven to preach the gospel. And I'm telling you, I wasn't saying it like that. It sounded more like this. Hey, Father, I'm anointed. It sounded like George Burns one week before he died. Thank you, Father, that I'm anointed. Thank you that your hand's on my life. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that your spirit lives in me. Then as you start saying it, it starts stirring up the spirit of God on the inside of you. Then the other thing I've purposed to do, because I used to hate it when I was a kid. When I was 10 years old and they'd have some evangelists come and he'd say, you know, it was like their opening comments. If you all would just pray for me. Uh, we had a long flight last night and we got in late. I feel like saying, listen, I'm going through enough without having to, aren't you the one that's supposed to be uplifting us? I don't feel like uplifting you. Do I have to pay you to uplift you? So I made up my mind. One thing I noticed, anytime I went to church or revival meetings, the guys that had powerful services never got up and said about how little money they had or what need they had. They would get up and say something like this. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Or something out of the Bible like, well, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. They'd say something like, why don't we shout hallelujah? They always got up with a smile on their face. I noticed that as a kid. The guys that were defeated and ended up out of the ministry were always talking about how hard life was, what a lousy hotel room they got, all that stuff. So I made up my mind, not only to say that when I woke up, but when I got behind the pulpit that night, that, that day in Arlington, Texas, to not say, if you'll all just bear with me, we had a really bad flight. Listen, people are already in there on the verge of divorce, kid in a methadone clinic. They don't need to hear how bad things are for me. They need to hear somebody's going to tell them, Jesus is alive, Jesus lives in me, he's alive in you, and the good work he began, he's going to bring to completion. So I made up my mind. I'm not mentioning a thing about it. I got up and I said, well, praise the Lord, everybody. I feel the best I've ever felt. I said that because I was sure. There's no way a storm comes up over the airport I'm landing in. It was the only one on the whole map. Wasn't there when we took off or they wouldn't let the plane take off. Comes to one on an hour away and won't let me land. Got to drive through the night. 
I'm sure that was the devil's way of trying to discourage me and get me to walk up there like the third guy from the left on the evolution chart. If, you, if you'll all just bear with me this morning. We had some flight problems. I had to drive through the night. No. You know what I made up my mind? If that was the devil's attempt to discourage me, then not only just to stick it in his face, am I going to get up with a smile on my face and preach, but I'm going to encourage a thousand other people that day. So he learns it's a losing battle to jerk with Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I'm going to tell you something tonight. As you guard and maintain the anointing and stay in the revelation of God's word, not only will the devil not knock you down anymore, but he's going to learn a lesson. When he presses you, not only is he unable to defeat you, but you take God's power and set another thousand people free. Hallelujah. You shall not be defeated. You will not give up and quit. What the devil meant to take you out is going to press you into a greater anointing to be a deliverer for your generation. If you believe that with me one more time, on this Sunday night, put those hands together and give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap that you've ever given anybody. Somebody shout hallelujah. I pray that you would begin to understand the incredible greatness of God's power which works in us who believe. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs? The Bible says in Proverbs, listen, that a man who leaves the path of understanding, the man that wandereth out of the path of understanding, shall abide in the congregation of the dead. Listen to that again. The man that leaves the path of understanding shall abide in the congregation of the dead. One more time. The man that wandereth out of the path of understanding shall abide in the congregation of the dead. Why would Paul tell those Christians, I pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power that works in us who believe. Because anything you don't understand doesn't work. Proverbs says, a man that doesn't understand. You know, there's churches all over Wasilla. I was driving by them all day. There's churches that don't believe in healing. The devil convinced that leadership that healing died with the last apostle. And so is healing for today? Well, how come you get it for free here? People get healed by accident in these meetings. So how come God works like that there? But then in those meetings, they haven't had anybody healed in 300 years. Because God doesn't just move. God moves based on people's understanding. Even think of this. Isn't it interesting that when Paul gave his revelation on the gifts of the Spirit, he said, brethren, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. That's how Paul began his whole teaching. So anytime you have somebody say, well, if God wants to move, we're open to him moving. They never have God move because God doesn't move because you say dumb stuff like that. God honors not only you, you pursuing revelation, but you coveting and craving. Look at what else Paul said about spiritual gifts. Brethren, covet earnestly. Everybody say covet earnestly. That means you're to have a desire like a car thief has for somebody's car. The Bible says you're to have that strong, pushing desire. That, Father, I thank you for where I'm at. I thank you for where you brought me, but I'm not satisfied to stay there. I not only want spiritual gifts, I want to operate strongly in the best spiritual gifts. Let me tell you something tonight. I pray and I believe in my spirit. That's what drove many of you to this meeting. I believe there's people here that you're not here just to hear a message. Even like these two, 
the Brazilian, and where are you from? Both of you from Brazil. I know that these two are sitting here after already preaching their own service. They didn't just come to hear me preach and support the meetings. I can feel in their spirit that they're here to pull on the anointing and receive something from God that takes them from where they are to where they know God wants them to be. Can I tell you something? As much as I'm standing here like a professional and like I know everything and teaching you, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. Anytime I'm free, and I hear about a great man of God, 70 years old, 62 years old, wherever they're at, that carries a spiritual gift, whether it's the working of miracles, word of not whatever, somebody that has fruit in their ministry that surpasses the fruit of mine, you better believe I'm on the front row. I don't know who's on my left or who's on my right. I'm saying under my breath as they're preaching, Father, the thing that you put on them that makes them great for their generation, let me have what they have by your spirit that I can be a rescue agent to destroy the hold of hell on my generation and win thousands of souls to Jesus Christ. Because that's what it takes. All it takes to get those gifts is a crave. I like uh, Pastor Bracken, you know. I like him a lot because he's one of about three pastors in America that would hold a meeting on Memorial Day. Do you know why the other ones? Well, everyone's away at the lake, you know. I'm a, no, clearly everyone's not away at the lake. We used to be the biggest frustration of my ministry. When I was starting out and didn't have hardly any uh, uh, invitations, you couldn't have, the pastor could write off the whole year. Well, Jonathan, I'd love to have you come in and preach at our church, but, uh, you know, January, February, it's winter. It's hard for people to drive on the roads. March and April, when spring hits, everybody goes down to the lake because they've been cooped up inside. Summer, everybody's away on summer vacation. So we should do it in the fall. No, you know what? Fall is when school starts, and then everybody gets back to school, and they don't want to be out all week. And then, uh, well, then let's do it at the end of the year. No, end of the year, you have Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those are the holidays, and it's hard to get people out. Well, I found a way through unbelief to write out all 12 months of the year. I guess we can't have revival. But you notice, I'm not saying this for effect, even on a, like a, a thing like this, like Memorial Day weekend, that people in America, now you know I travel full time. If you followed me from the time I left here last year till now, I basically have the same suitcase full of clothes that I did when I was here last year. I've just been on the move. And I'm telling you, I see what I didn't think I'd see. I prayed for it. And to be honest with you, I didn't expect it to be answered. I thought America was too far gone. I thought people were all caught up in the NFL and everything else and didn't have spiritual interests and were just going to go with the globalist system like they did in England and Germany and Europe and had done in Canada. But I have seen the last year that people have woken up People realize that this heroin thing's not going anywhere without an act of God. People realize that families aren't supposed to be all broken up and destroyed and the government doesn't have the answer. And I have seen over the last 12 months an insatiable hunger coming to Americans that they know they were meant for more than living and dying and for struggling through life. There must be a better answer. And it has been the joy of my heart these last 12 months to tell them what you feel in your spirit that there must be more than this there is more than this Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly yes there is a thief yes there is a thief who comes to steal 
comes to kill and comes to destroy. But I'm telling you, this is not his hour. This is the hour where God is pouring out his spirit over all flesh to flip the table on the devil. You're not going to die an addict. You're not going to die an alcoholic. Your family's not going to end broken. God is going to do something tonight to flip the table on the devil and your latter end shall be greater than all the years before. If you believe that with me, give God the praise ahead of time. Put those hands together and give God a shot of victory in the camp today. Somebody shout hallelujah. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Tell that kid I'll be done soon. 2 Timothy 1. A lot, of people, a lot of adults are doing that on the inside when I preach. The kids just do it outside. <laughs> Second Timothy 1. Verse 5. Paul told Timothy, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith. Second Timothy 1, 5. <clears throat> For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that faith continues strong in you. That is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. When did the gift come on the inside of him? I'm going to read it again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. That is why I remind you to fan into flames. Everybody say fire. God always puts his gifts in the realm of fire. You can't have an endowment of power from God and it not show. Well, I know Brother Jonathan likes to jump up and down and shout, but let me tell you, you can be anointed and not do that. And I disagree because I wish you could be anointed and not do that. It would save me tens of thousands of dollars of dry cleaning. Our dry cleaner in Pittsburgh sent us a Christmas basket this year. A couple months ago when my wife dropped my suits off, the lady said, how's the ministry doing? And she's not a Christian. She's rooting for our ministry to do well because if we go under, she goes under. Now what do you think? You think I have in my notes up here? At 716, jump up and down and wave hand to emphasize point. No. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken. Everybody say quicken. He will quicken your mortal body. When the anointing comes on your body, you can't stay incapacitated and weak. There's a strength that comes. Man, I, I remember I could show you on videos. Hallelujah. I could even show you on videos. When Oral Roberts was 92 years old. He'd get up to preach, and you know, they'd set it up. They'd put a stool up there for him to sit on since he was an old man. And he'd say, tonight I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak. And he'd be sitting in that chair. He'd get about 20% or a third of the way through the message. And without trying, he was up on his feet. Then he'd start moving around. The anointing is a quickening power. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They shall run and never grow weary. 
They shall walk and they shall not faint. The power of God isn't just in the invisible realm. When it makes contact with your body, the Bible says Elisha, 2 Kings 13, they were burying people and Elisha's bones were in a tomb. They went to throw the body in Elisha's tomb and when that corpse hit Elisha's bones, the corpse popped back up and was alive from the residue of the power that that old prophet carried. That thing, that power that that prophet carried is called the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And when he fills you, every weakness in your mind, in your bones, in your blood, in your heart is turned to strength. You're not leaving here weak. You're going into Memorial Day with a new power, with a new wind in your sails, where the weak will say, I am strong. If you believe that with me tonight, clap those hands again and give God another shout of praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say fire. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9. Jeremiah said, the word of God in me, I can't hold it in. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Hallelujah. If you turn on Christian television, I mean, you would think Christianity would. How many of you are happy to be here tonight? And you know, you go to Bible college, they teach you to look over the types of the people's heads, stay on point. You know, and today I'm here. This is how I would preach if I was talking. And today I want you to know that I'm here. Never look at the people. Never engage them. Never actually minister to them. Just like deliver a speech. But there's an anointing of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says when Paul preached, Paul saw a man who had been crippled from birth and had never walked. Acts chapter 14 verses 8 through 11. And when he looked at him, everybody say looked at him. Paul looked at him and realized he had faith to be healed. And called to him in a loud voice. Everybody say loud voice. Why does he have to yell like that? Because that's what they did in Acts. Called to him in a loud voice. Stand up. And immediately. Everybody say immediately. The man jumped to his feet and began walking. I'm telling you, this passionless, spiritless, miracleless Christianity that's a form and a ritual that crept into America, if you want to know the truth about it, the Democrats aren't to blame. The Republicans aren't to blame. Weak Christianity that doesn't carry power is what's allowed the devil to move in. But listen. I didn't come to just diagnose the problem. I came to tell you the solution. The same way powerless Christianity let it in, when a church in Wasilla, Alaska, and those of you watching all over the world, when you allow God to fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire anew and afresh, there is a power that emanates from you that unseeds the devil and drives him back out of this great state. That power is coming alive in you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that with me, shout amen men like thunder and give God a mighty, mighty hand clap. Somebody shout power. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. You go around talking weakness. I don't care if you mail in 13 prayer requests. I don't care if you call every 800 number on Christian TV. Have every preacher and their wife praying for you. Death and life are in the power of the So firstly, the first thing that has to get on board with God's plan is your own mouth. How do you get your mouth on board? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the, the mouth speaks. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Preaching doesn't go into your head. Preaching goes into your heart. 
And as that begins to overflow out of your heart, you're going to catch yourself this week saying different things. Instead of saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, you'll just catch yourself going, I know the Lord is making a way for me. I know God's clearing a path through the wilderness. I know God is putting springs in the desert. I know I'm not going to finish where I'm at right now. God is taking me higher and higher. And God will confirm what you speak out of your mouth. Stir up the gift that came on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of What does the Bible say fear is? A spirit. That's why you never see Jesus hug someone that's afraid and tell him it's going to be all right. Don't worry, I know the storm the storm's raging, but we'll get over to the other side. No. He rebuked the storm. And then he rebuked them. Because fear is not an emotion. Fear is a demon spirit. And the spirit of fear, Oral Roberts wrote, is opposed to the spirit of faith. And you'll make a choice in life to operate under one or the other. The default is to operate in fear. (coughs) Nobody operates in faith naturally. Faith is a decision that I'm not going to say what I feel. I'm not going to repeat what those idiots say on CNN. I'm not going to say what the globalists are. I don't know about the economy. And then I, No, I'm not talking like that. I'm going to say, thank you, Father. I mean, what does Psalm 103 say? Psalm 103, 1 to 5. The Bible says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually not be in my heart. Beware. In my mouth. Bless the Lord, I tell myself. And forget not all of his benefits. Everybody say his benefits. Did, did two-thirds of the crown pass away? Everybody say benefits. benefits. I had a lady write me yesterday on Facebook. She said, oh, I, I put a picture of that altar call at Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. You know, we probably had over 100 people at the altar the last night in a town of 5,000 in a church that had 75 on Sunday. Wow. First Nations people, what we'd call Native Americans, coming in and getting saved, chief getting saved, chief's wife getting saved. And I, you know, you always have some religious person. Of course, I, I checked, she went to a church. Oh, why did those people come to the altar, Jonathan? Did you tell them like you do everywhere, that life's going to be roses once they come to Jesus? Let me tell you, I do tell people it's going to be good. when It's bad to not serve God. It's good to serve God. The Bible says, I didn't come up with my own doctrine. I preach what's in the Bible. The Bible says, trouble chases sinners. Blessings chase the righteous. Trouble, not trouble chases Christians. Trouble chases sinners. You know, you read the news tomorrow. Somebody was at a saloon in Anchorage, ticked somebody off. They stabbed them at the bar. They're in critical condition. You know, I've gone to church since I was a little boy. During communion, I've never had an old lady come up and stab me. All the problems I hear talk about. When I was at the barber shop and that guy said, man, I've already got two felonies. If I get one more felony, I go to life in prison. I've been trying to live clean and my sister's boyfriend broke into my house and stole my gun and sold it for crack downtown. So now I have a gun floating around in downtown Pittsburgh with my fingerprints on it. I thought, you know, I've been alive 37 years. That's a long time. If you don't think 37 years is a long time, you change your tune if a judge sentenced you to 37 years. I've been alive 37 years. 
I never had anybody break in my house and steal anything from me. I people try to beat down my door to give things to me. Anybody that tells you that when you serve Jesus, you better get ready, things are going to be hard. No, the way of the transgressor is hard. The path of the upright shines brighter and brighter until that perfect day. Let me just tell you what the Bible says. Everybody say, the Bible says. The Bible says, when you serve me with all your heart, I will make you the head and never the tail. I will put you on top. You will never know what bottom is. You will lend to many, but thou shalt not borrow. When your enemy attacks you from one direction, he will run from you in seven. God does not have a plan for your defeat. God is not up in heaven orchestrating your demise. God has made a plan for your victory. And when you hook up with Jesus and get full of the Holy Ghost, the last battle you ever lost will be the last battle you ever lose. You go from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength, whether the devil likes it or not. Somebody say, I'm anointed. Got to line your own mouth up with it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be. Bless the Lord, I tell myself. Notice that. That's the next verse. Bless the Lord, I tell myself. So it's never in your nature to praise God with your mouth. When you get in your truck, I was talking to one of my new friends today. He was saying, I got an hour commute. I like to put the Bible on you version and listen to it. That's a smart man. Why put on sports radio? And I like sports. Why call in like all those people do? Why did the New York Giants draft a guard? They need a quarterback. Are you the owner of the team? They don't make you any money. They don't care that you exist. Why not concentrate on things that have eternal value that'll make you the man God's called you to be, the woman's God called you to be, so you can reign as a king in this life. If you're going to do that from this night forward, let God hear your resounding hand clap. Let him know that he's got an army here that's interested. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Focus. That's what Paul said, I pray. I pray that you'd begin to focus on your spirit, man. That you'd begin to build yourself up. That you'd covet earnestly spiritual gifts. People are running around. No, you know, they care about everything but movies, music, Grammys, Emmys, Twitter feuds, Facebook comments. If you start putting your focus on the power of God. Everybody say the power of God. Focus on the power of God. Focus on the anointing. Covet earnestly the best gifts. I mean, imagine how different your life will be by the end of this week. Not only if you come to the two meetings a day, but when you wake up in the morning, you lift your hands and say, Father, I thank you that you anointed me with fresh oil yesterday. I receive fresh oil today. I thank you that you're taking me from glory to glory. I thank you that who I was is not who I am now, that greater things you're still going to do in my life. Man, the devil won't even recognize you. He'll come to your house to torment you and say, sorry, there used to be a different woman here that I tormented. You're obviously not her. You're so much prettier. There's a fire in your eyes. There's an anointing on your head. I'm telling you, this is a week that God has commissioned for you to get up permanently out of where the devil put you and join the class of the overcomers and go from victory to victory in Jesus' mighty name. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. 
Bless the Lord, I tell myself. And forget not all of his benefits. Jonathan, you go around telling everybody they're going to get blessed if they serve God. Yeah! It'd be wrong not to. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all my sins. And if you go to a lot of churches, they'll stop there. But that's only one. Who forgives all my sin and heals all. All. And it doesn't say in parentheses, provided that you're under 60 years old. He'll heal you when you're young and he'll keep you strong when you're old. I said he'll heal you when you're young and you'll be stronger when you're old than when you're young. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, who heals all my disease. He, fit, he ransoms my life from death. You got something working on the inside of you that you picked up when you used to do drugs or slept around or whatever, that if that stays in your blood, it'll kill you? The Bible says part of the, hallelujah, part of the benefit package, part of the benefit package is that he'll redeem you from death. That if there's a death sentence hanging over your head, God said in Psalm 118, 17, Psalm 118, 17, you will live and not die, that you might declare the goodness of the Lord while you're yet in the land of the living. Lift your hands all over this place. I feel that river of life gushing up in my spirit that there's somebody here that the devil put a death sentence over your head stage 4 cancer kidney failure I don't care what it is I tell you in the name of Jesus Christ that death sentence is lifted off of your life tonight and God pours out resurrection life on the inside of you you're not going to die this year you're not going to die next year you're going to triumph over the devil and be used of God to light the fires of revival in Alaska if you know that's true Clap your hands again and give God a mighty, mighty shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He ransoms my life from death. I don't think I told this story in a while. There was a, a, a hallelujah. I can feel the gift of faith firing into your spirit right now. Keep, keep throwing me off. I feel it so strong. Just stand up from your chair right there. Take two steps forward. I know you could barely stay in your chair anyway. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. You felt like running around the place. That's the gift of faith. You can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Right now, God's quickening power falls on you. You'll never be the, there from the inside out. Go right into you. The gift of faith to look a giant in the eye and say, today, the Lord delivers you into my hands. I will cut off your head, and then I'll take out all the men behind you. In Jesus, there it is. Gift. I don't understand why you're covering him up. He, he looks modest. He's not wearing a miniskirt. Ransoms my life. From death fills my life. It must say, fills my life. This is Psalm 103, 1 to 5, by the way. Fills my life. Fills my life with good things. Hallelujah. 
My youth is renewed like the eagles. Lift your hands all over this place. I know, I know there's like 60% of the crowd here. You know what it's like for your life to get filled with bad things. For things not to work out. But from this day forward, and I won't just say from this day forward. This whole week, you're not only going to get blessed in church. People are going to come out of the woodwork to find something to give you to bless you. Some of you, all you know, all you know is what it's like for people to come out of the woodwork. <coughs> to discourage you. For every person the devil sent to discourage you, God will send five to encourage you. And I'll be the first one tonight to encourage you. I'll encourage you with the word of God. You're going to make it. You're going to do the greatest thing for God you've ever done before December. God's going to open the windows of heaven over your life and pour out a blessing so great, you'll never have enough room to take it all in. With your hands lifted, just begin to thank God out of your mouth for the next 30 seconds. Go ahead, praise him. God will never let somebody that uses their mouth to praise him run dry. <laughs> you sound good. I have hope for America, you know. I'm tired of listening to people say nasty stuff about America. I'm talking about ministers. Well, you know, the American church doesn't pray. Well, they should come to my meeting here in Wasilla. You guys just prayed for, for, what, a minute and a half solid, out loud. Don't you ever make the mistake. Don't you ever make the mistake of not knowing that God still has a remnant of people that are on this earth and in America who have not bowed to Baal, who have not kissed his face, and God's going to pull them out of their caves to call fire down on the camp of the wicked and see the greatest revival that has ever shaken Alaska shake it before the coming of the Lord. Go ahead and rejoice. It's a fact. Celebrate it ahead of time. Announce to the devil that this is the year of his defeat and this is the year of the victory of the children of God. Do you have somebody that can hold that baby? Somebody you trust? Don't give it to a human trafficker. Take two steps forward. Power of God's all over you. Lift both hands, close both eyes. You already know that God's anointed you for service, but then you just, with all the responsibilities you have around the home, you feel like, man, I don't have time to do what I know God's given me to do. But I'm going to tell you, just like God did with my wife, God's going to give you a grace where the more you have to do, the more energy you'll have. The more you have to do, the more you'll get done. You'll come to the end of the day and think, what all did I do today? I'm going to tell you, a supernatural surge of energy from the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. And I'm not advocating eating yourself into a scooter. But I will tell you, for all these Christians who talk to you about vitamins and essential oils, get quickened by the Holy Ghost. You find any 89-year-old preacher, 93-year-old preacher, they're not going to talk to you about I always made sure to not drink soda. They're going to talk to you about praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he outran the king's chariot. When that hand comes on you, a strength comes on you that what a normal person couldn't do, what a personal trainer couldn't do.
power of God. Any mother in the sound of my voice, some idiot came and said, well, not your mother, you are. Shut up. You think God did it? I mean, how stupid is it to tell women? Well, now you had a kid. You know, you're not going to be able to, to, to preach as much. God's the one that commanded you to have kids. You think God's stupid? He's like, man, I commanded these women to have kids, but then I also told them to preach. I don't know what to do. <laughs> not by might. Not by power. I know it's difficult watching your mother get assaulted. But by my spirit, says the Lord. God's going to begin to supernaturally open doors for you to preach the gospel right now. Just let her cry. In Jesus' name. God's going to open doors for you to preach the gospel right now. Every dream that God put in your heart when you were a young lady you'll see them all come to pass so quick, you'll have to say, now what, Lord? And I tell you, that's the exact opposite of what the devil discouraged you. You thought, I'll never see these come. But no, you'll get them all done so fast, the Lord will have to give you a second plan. In Jesus' name. So I'll just say congratulations on the best year you've ever had in the name of Jesus Christ. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel good. I had one of those Red Bull drinks from Awakening Espresso. Between that and the anointing, I wish there were Philistines outside. I'd beat the poo out of them. I don't want to say there's a lot of sugar in that drink, but halfway through, one of my feet turned black. This lady here, stand right up and lift both hands to the Lord. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. That's it. Right down on the inside of you, in Jesus' mighty name. And have a miracle for your body. You look healthy to look at, but I tell you, God's going to fix something on the inside of you right now. Put this hand on your belly. Feel! In Jesus' mighty name. Lift your hands. Every time you feel like clapping from now on, just lift your hands and thank God. No, no. Every time you feel like clapping, lift your hands and thank God out of your mouth. Lift your hands and thank God out of your mouth. Come right here. Power of God's all over you. Two steps forward. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. That's it. I'll tell you the same thing that I told her in the front row. You've done well in the first phase of your assignment in the ministry that God's given you. But you said, man, I know I'm, I got more than this. And you, you even said, well, you know what? I'll be humble and do, you know you're called for more. You humble, did your best in a smaller thing. God's going to begin to open bigger doors for you. There it is. Because it always happens first in your spirit and then manifests on the outside. <laughs> the Lord, the Lord has seen you. <laughs> Anytime you see in the Bible where God sees somebody, their position changes. And your position changes now. Feel. <laughs> Every time you feel like clapping. There you go. 
This lady in the red, nice hair. Come right up. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Whenever you're alone in your house, until you'll feel the presence of God, like Jesus just sat in the room with you, and you'll be, whatever the antonym for lonely is, that's what you'll be from now till Jesus comes. You'll, you'll feel like someone's right in there with you. And someone will be right in there with you. The Lord is well pleased with you. It's not time to go to heaven yet. It's time to give the devil one more kick in the ribs. And that's what you'll do. When I lay my, actually I'm not even going to lay my hand. The hand of the Lord comes upon you right now and quickens your body. Supernaturally strong. You'll do so much, other friends your age will get worried about you. So you need to slow down or whatever. It'll be a sign that the Lord's quickened you. Every hand lifted, just begin to thank the Lord. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil. This lady here in the second row, come right out. Let me put in gum real quick because I had a burger at Carl's Jr. So that's not exactly Listerine. Lift both. <laughs> You know what that is? It's the joy of the Lord. Because nothing I said was that funny. <laughs> Lift both your hands and close both eyes. Over. Thank you, Lord. I will bless the Lord. At all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, I tell myself. And forget not all of his benefits. Lift your hands all over this place. Begin to thank God out of your mouth. You say it any way you want, but begin to thank God out of your mouth. That he's got a benefit package with your name on it. And he's dropping it off to you right now. You can't seek the God of Jacob in vain. You come to God's house on Memorial Day weekend. In the morning and again at night, you think God's going to send you away with a pat on the back? God's delivering a benefit package to you right now. It's a fact. It's a fact. This guy in the red shirt right here. Stand up. Step into the aisle. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes away. Lift your hands even higher. I can tell you've been going to church for a while because people go to church for a while and you tell them to lift their hands. I'll go like this. Sinners go like this. And that's the right way. If a thief says, lift your hands holding a gun to you and you go like this, you're probably going to get shot. You know what I'm jumping on you right there? You'll never be the That's it. Never be the same. Say this out loud. Say this out loud with me. Say first the anointing, then the exploits. Those who do know their God shall become strong and do exploits. God strengthens you in your spirit first. And then a man's gift makes room for him. I was uh, 20 years old. 
at my Bible college, and I heard about a revival that broke out in Somerville, Massachusetts. It's where all the Brazilians are. Some guy came from Brazil that was an apostle and started a church there in Massachusetts. You know, not exactly Tulsa, Oklahoma. One of the least church places in the country. And I think in a year and a half, they were up to 2,200 people. They bought a, a, a warehouse in the industrial part of Somerville and had that warehouse packed. Friday night, Friday night was their um, youth group night. They'd have about 800 kids in their youth group. And you know what time they did their youth group? I thought it was smart. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Friday night. Same time everybody goes out and parties and gets drunk. That's when they'd have youth group and they'd have Holy Ghost services. So I heard about this, this meeting in this packed warehouse. Hey. Hey. Congratulations. You're going to have a great year. You're going to have a great year. People are going to start calling and want you to come speak. And you're not going to have little luncheon. That's what I told my wife when the phone started ringing for her. I said, don't you go there and give little luncheon talks. I don't care what they say the event is. Blow the doors off the place. That's what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, my wife would have done that whether I told her to or not. Crazy Puerto Rican. Earrings the size of parakeet perches. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like we're picking up right where we left off from last year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I found out they were having that move of God in Somerville, just to tell you, I worked a job at a radio station Saturday night, <coughs> 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. I would go home and get ready for church and drive an hour and 30 minutes up to the church I worked at in Bo outside of Boston. I'd go to that service Sunday morning, Sunday night, and didn't have time to go home in between. So, you know, 20, it's like amazing. So I'd been, at this point, I'd been up about, I don't know what, going on 24 hours. And then as soon as our service ended at the church I worked at, which went 7 to 8.30, that church started at 8 in Somerville. And so I would drive as fast as I can and get there at 8, about 8.45, 8.50. They were just wrapping up worship. For whatever reason, I don't know whether it's because I was a white American when everybody else was from Brazil, 
and they were just honored that, you know, they were starting to have breakthrough and other people were starting to hear about it. They would always grab me and come seat me like in a special section and then give me earplug translators because I, I, don't, I don't speak Portuguese. You know, I'm an American. I barely speak English. Amen. So I would just sit there because of I could feel the anointing. This guy had started churches like in 72 countries. He'd been in, I mean, that's what an apostle does, like Paul. When that anointing comes, it doesn't take somebody five years to start a church or 10 years to get it established. When you do it in the anointing, it's like it had just, boom. So that's what he had. And so I would sit there because you could feel the presence of God. Well, the one time I sat there, it's like week three or week four. I, it was April, and I was graduating in May. You know, you tell people your freshman year, I'm going to be an evangelist. That's no problem. Second year, I'm going to be an evangelist. Third year, I'm going to be an evangelist. First semester, your fourth year, I'm going to be an evangelist. Second semester, you're going to graduate in six weeks, and you tell people, what are you going to do when you graduate? I'm going to be an evangelist. Oh, where are you going to preach? Well, I'll let you know when I know. I had nowhere to go preach. Nobody called, and I told the Lord. I said, you called me. I'm not calling any pastors and saying, can you have me come in to preach? I'm not calling people my dad preached for and say, listen, uh, you know, Tiff, I'm his son. I'm graduating. I need a place to preach. I'm not doing that. So I, I've done what you asked me to do. Now you open the door, and that way I'll know it's from you, not me forcing my way in. But now I'm six weeks from graduation, nowhere to preach. Nobody knows I'm graduating. No one cares I'm graduating. And I'm sitting up there listening. Actually, they didn't have the translator this time. They had an evangelist from Santa Ana, California. I don't know his name. He's a Brazilian. Never heard of him. He's preaching in Portuguese. I'm just there because I can feel the anointing. And all of a sudden, with what, 1,800 people there, he points at me and says something in Portuguese to the translator, and ushers come and said, he's signaling for you. So, you know, when two ushers got me by each arm and walked me down front, I, haven't, I hadn't been in services like the one you're in tonight where you get called out and all that stuff. Any service I've been in, if they... Ushers come and get you, they're telling you to get out. <laughs> so when the two ushers came and got me, I said, well, I wasn't talking to anybody or anything. I was being very well behaved. So they walked me down, and as they started walking me down, the anointing started to get stronger as I got closer. I could feel it. It was like all I could do to stand up. And I lifted my hands and started crying. I'll never forget it. That guy looked at me and said it, something in Portuguese, prophesied. And then the translator said, he said to you, the God that said he called you to be an evangelist. Now, not at ministry, evangelist. He said, the God that called you to be an evangelist has not forgotten about you. So don't worry. The doors begin to open now. And I mean for the Lord to single me out. Now, that place of 1,800. And then have two pastors in, in New Brunswick, Canada, where I'd never been in my life. Say, hey, we heard you're graduating Bible school. We'd like you to come to a youth meeting. You know what that let me know? God hadn't forgotten me. You know why the Lord had quickened that? I don't know if I told that story in two years or three years. You know why the Lord had me tell that at the end of tonight? Because the God that started a good work in you, he's not forgotten about you. He knows you're sitting here right now, and the doors are beginning to come open. Tonight, as the anointing hits you, doors that have been shut, the Jesus that holds the key of David begins to open those doors now in Jesus' name. Uh, my two Brazilian friends, step forward if you will. Stand shoulder to shoulder. Lift both hands. Very important what I'm going to tell you. The, 
what God's called you to do. There's two ways you could do it. You can do it by the programs of man and even by the programs of Pentecostal men. Do this, you have to remember that this takes a while and starting a church is like planting a tree and all that stuff. But God said that's not how it's going to work for you. I feel like the reason the Lord quickened that spirit to me of that Brazilian apostle was because the work God's given you to do, it's actually going to blow people away how quick it comes into fruition. You won't even raise money, just collect money. It'll come, it'll be the whole thing. The money will be supernatural, building supernatural, everything supernatural. You'll look at each other one day and say, this is too fun to be the ministry. I thought it was supposed to be more work than this, but no, it's not going to be work. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by human understanding. It's by my spirit. And the same God that called you is going to go and clear a way for you. People will come from everywhere. As you value the Holy Ghost, as you value the anointing, God will explode that place and explode more places in Jesus' name. The prayers that people have prayed for Alaska, the Lord says unto you, I've raised you up as an answer to those prayers. And tonight my anointing comes on you to quicken you, to do a work quickly for the time is short. There's not time to win Alaska over the next 50 years. It has to be now. My eyes, the wife was gone. I was hoping the rapture didn't happen. Fire! Can you hear me down there? You can stay down there, but listen. I can tell just by hearing you take the offering. You've been studying, been studying out outside uh, of what like normal recommended books would be. You've been already, all the things I preached in the beginning, seeking after people that carry the anointing you want. You've been reading after men that operate in financial overflow, reading after all kinds of people. As you value the anointing as you have, what you value in those men comes into you right now. And what you valued in me comes into you right now. Ministry is going to be fun, just like it is for me. Amen. Everybody say open doors. Open doors. Everybody say accelerated. accelerated. This will be the last thing I'll tell you, then, then I'll pray for you and leave you alone for 10 hours or so. When I was just in Meadow Lake in Saskatchewan, Canada, those First Nations people, which is what like we would call Native Americans, they call First Nations. First Nations people came and started to get saved, which is unusual because normally First Nations people will only go to First Nations churches. They, not, they came and got saved. Then they started bringing their friends until you had about half the church was them. So when I saw, God started to break my heart for them because they were so receptive to the gospel and had such great faith. But I know about all the problems like, like here with alcoholism and broken homes. Then you find out there's 75 different First Nations sovereign lands just in Saskatchewan. So that would take me 40 years to drive to 75, to hold 75 different crusades to reach all the, just in that one province. So I prayed the one afternoon when I was fasting. I said, Father, would you please do something supernaturally where I can reach all those people? 
before you come back? The next night, the former chief, but you know, like once you're, actually it's like when you're a former chief and you're old, it's even better than being the current chief. And his son is the current chief. He waited for me after the meeting. He had come forward to the altar. He said, he said, I was praying today and I wanted to know what you thought about this. He didn't know anything about crusades, what I do, nothing. He said, next summer, all 75 nations are coming to Meadow Lake here. He said, we have our athletic games. The games take place during the day and then we just have parties and stuff at night. He said, what would you think about coming next year for at least a week? And then we'd have you preach outside. And after they get done doing the games during the day, he said, you could reach all 75 nations in one meeting. What a mighty God we serve. That's 40 years of work in one week. That's, that's, what, that's the kind of stuff God's going to do for you. God will give you a plan where instead of running yourself ragged all over Alaska and wait, you know, reading books on shutting the back door, retaining church growth, projecting 20% growth, all that, that ain't going to apply to you. <laughs> Did the church grow 20% on the day of Pentecost? And 3,000 were added to the church that day. Then Peter, he, <laughs> And Peter healed one crippled man. And now the church was at 5,000. Then they said, these men have filled the whole of Jerusalem with their doctrine. Then in Acts 17 it says, who are these men who have turned the whole world upside down? No radio, no TV, no Facebook, no nothing. The Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, that spirit, how many ministers, pastors, whoever, do we have sitting in the meeting right now? Put your hands up high. I, I could feel it. It kept throwing me off. I've been trying to preach like a message to people, and you notice it keeps going into that. Every minister of the gospel, lift your hands right now. I don't care if you're retired. I unretire you right now. And if you don't follow my instruction to unretire, I pray you get the worst case of hemorrhoids in Alaskan history. So that it hurts too much to sit down. You have to get up. See, I don't think you can pray for that. No, Jesus said you can pray for anything. Amen. Every minister of the gospel, lift your hands. Not only is a fresh anointing coming on you right now, but an anointing to open doors an anointing to make the ministry fun, an anointing to do what it would normally take 40 years to do, you just do like in a year, 18 months, two years. The explosive book of Acts, blowing the doors off, bringing the lost in by the thousands, that anointing drops on every believer tonight. Every business owner, lift both hands. There won't be 20% growth. Every month will increase on the month before. God will give you insight to stay ahead of the curve. In Jesus' name. The anointing doesn't add. The anointing multiplies. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything you've seen up until this point. In your ministry and in your business. 
is only addition. From this day forward, you will begin to experience multiplication. And it will be easy. Because it won't be you. It will be the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Did I pray for you this morning? Come, come back again. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God falls on you right now. Can you do a major work for God with a body that operates at 50%? Can you do a major work for God with a body that operates at 90%? No, you can't. Can I tell you something? You can't even do a major work for God with a body that operates at 100%. I just preached all week in Saskatchewan. Drove through the night after the Friday service, three hours to get back to Saskatoon. Flew, woke up at five in the morning after two hours of sleep. Flew here yesterday and do three services today. I was listening to a comedian talk about that's how he fell into drugs. He said, I was on a morning radio show, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then on the weekends, I would do night comedy shows. And he said, I'd get, I'd get in at like 2 in the morning in New York and have to be on a, at the radio studio at 5. He said, you can't do that without help, talking about cocaine. But, you know, there's a help that's better than cocaine. And it doesn't destroy your heart tissue on contact. God's not a dummy. Everybody say, God's not a dummy. He doesn't call you to do a great work and leave you to do it in your own strength. My Brazilian friend, stand back up and come back up to the altar. I'm going to give you a bonus. Stand shoulder to shoulder, lift both hands. Because you're going to start to run hard. Because so much is going to be going on. It's like you'll be going in a million directions. People will come out of the woodwork to tell you you need to slow down. But you actually, until they say that, won't even feel like you're doing a lot. You'll do like me and my wife do and say, boy, gee, we did a lot this month. And just laugh and feel better than you did before the week started. Right now, an anointing comes upon you to outrun the king's chariots. In Jesus' name. This lady here with the black shirt and the jacket on, right here, through, uh, row four. Step right onto the aisle. Lift both hands. Never seen a man wear a Hawaiian shirt in Alaska before, so I won't forget you. You get that at King, did you go to King's Cathedral out there? Did you get that there? No. Really? They sell those here? I don't it's not important. I was just curious. You were looking forward to these meetings. God touched you last year. You said, Lord, I need another touch. So have another touch. Bill! There it is. Jesus' name. My Ukrainian friend, home of the Klitschko brothers, step out into the aisle if you would. You, Privyet. Yes, there's not many Ukrainians here. Just you, I'm going to pray for you. Step right onto the aisle. Your nation produced two of the greatest heavyweights in world history. You from Ukraine? Yes. Come right next to your, boy, they don't build you guys small, huh? Run out the side door. <laughs> Lift both your hands. As you do, the power of God falls on you. Hallelujah. 
Does he need translation? No? Lift both hands. You don't have to be mean or angry or sad to be a Pentecostal. As the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you've always been a happy person. You, it's kind of why you avoided other Pentecostal teachings. I don't want to be miserable like them. But when the Spirit of the Lord hits you now, you're going to be the happiest you've ever been. And carry it. There it is. Bill! Your whole family is going to get hit by the power of God, my friend. Everything you've prayed for, your family will come to pass. I'm glad you're on our side. <laughs> Saw that guy coming at me. Started to think like a prisoner. I was seeing if I had like a toothbrush I could sharpen real quick or something. Both hands lifted to the Lord. Actually, just stand on your feet wherever you're at. Stand on your feet, lift both hands to the Lord. Put your other hand on your belly. Any rupture in the muscle wall, the Lord seals it up right now. You won't be weak. You won't have pain. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Father, selfishly, all the things I've prophesied for these other people, let me have double what you give them. Open doors, rapid acceleration in the meetings. Don't accept what other religious leaders tell you. You know, it's normal. It's normal, actually, your first year, it's good if you get to about 50 people, and then a lot of times it's standard to lose about a third of those people. You don't have time for all that. We're not Methodists from 1820. We're in the final hour of the last days. This nice lady with the glasses on? Yes, step right into the aisle if you would. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the fire of God falls on you right now. Jesus' mighty name. More. More. Filled. Filled. Jesus' name. I always feel bad for the catchers. You guys like work harder than I do. Step into the aisle. Lift both your hands. Do you have to catch a catcher? Nope. <laughs> Whatever. This lady in the red and blue, step right out. 
Lift both hands. Certain people walked out on their responsibilities, so now at the phase where you're supposed to just be taking it easy and enjoying life, it's like you have to do what you'd do if you were 28. God's not only going to give you the strength to do it with ease, but God will restore your family. How's that? Sound good? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Did I meet you somewhere else? Where? Where? Florida. Good to see you again. <laughs> Man, you got that little girl trained. Sit through a three-hour service. And even... With your eyes closed, just lift your hands to the Lord. Keep them up about 60 seconds. Just let the Lord touch you right in your seat right now. I don't know if you were here last year or not. Come right out to the aisle. Were you here last year? Oh, good. So you know what you got yourself into. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. That's it. What God started last year, he'll rapidly accelerate right now. Filled. In Jesus' mighty name. I won't single anybody out. Anybody within 10 feet of me that smokes and you don't want to smoke anymore, as your hands are lifted, I curse the taste for nicotine off your lips and tongue. What you spend on a carton of cigarettes every three weeks, now you can use as a car payment. You won't be one of those people at the bus stop smoking going, how can those people afford a car? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hand. God will roll back the clock on your body like 15 years. This lady here, I prayed for you this morning. Come right out. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As the service has gone on, the catcher has set the people down less and less gently. That last guy was like Shaquille O'Neal slam dunking with two hands. <laughs> Filled. <laughs> more. Just receive it. Open your heart. can put your hands down, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to do two things. Number one, if you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's happening around Israel, but 
If there was a good year to not live for the Lord and just risk it that the rapture wasn't going to happen, this is not that year. This would be a year if there was ever a year to lay your head to the pillow tonight when the sun, you got a rebellious sun up here in Alaska. I'll go down when I want to go down. When that sun's up high in the sky and you lay your head to the pillow tonight, it would be good to know you have peace with God. Your sins are all forgiven. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. I don't think it's an accident that I went to Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan and 75 people turned into... Dude, if you look, go, go look at my Instagram with the picture of the altar calls. You don't have altar calls like that at a church of 500 people. This is the last pool of God for people to get saved. And there's many men and women listening to me right now. You need to make the decision tonight to get rid of sin instead of sin getting rid of you. When it comes to sin, some of you are on the losing side of it. You've never given it to Jesus Christ. You've never been forgiven and had him cleanse you and give you power over it. But that's why I'm here. That's what these week of meetings are for. For you to make a decision, enough is enough. I'm not playing Alaskan games. I'm not going to church a little bit, drink a little bit, do drugs a little bit, sleep around a little bit. No. I'm coming over to the winning side tonight. And I'm never going back. Every woman. There's young ladies that are here. There's young men that are here. As school gets out, the devil has a plan this summer for this to be the summer where his teeth get sunk in and you miss heaven. Why don't you make this summer, use these week of meetings to be the summer where you have an encounter with God, his hand comes on your life, and you run for him until the rapture happens. I pray every plan of the wicked one for your destruction gets reversed right now. For it to get reversed, you have to make a decision. I can't make it for you. I wish I could. The whole world would be saved. But every person has to decide. Are you going to live for the world? Are you going to do what they tell you to do on MTV? VH1? Every other foul network? Or are you going to make up your mind, I'm going to live according to the word of God and I'm never turning back? If you've never done that, think of it. Can you identify a time in your mind right now where you publicly made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Think about it. Do you know of a time specifically where you made a public decision at an altar to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? That's how Jesus said it has to be done. Luke chapter 12. When somebody asked me, Jonathan, are you sure you're married? Yes. How do you know? Well, you know, I just feel married. No. September 23rd, 2006, I came forward at an altar and received my wife as my wife and made a covenant with God. I'm with her and nobody else till death do us part. And the Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. You don't date Jesus. You don't get engaged to him. You make a commitment at an altar that I'm with Christ and the world can mock it as much as they want, but I've made up my mind. I will not turn back. That's how you make heaven. When you make that decision, God gives you the power to make good on it. Every young lady, every young man, every middle-aged lady, middle-aged man, life didn't go the way you planned. It's like you got sideswiped by hell. But you know God brought you here tonight to say no. The devil may have hit me with his shot and laughed first, but I'm going to finish well and I will laugh last. Whatever your age, 
Wherever you are, if you say, Jonathan, I know I need to receive Jesus, and I'm doing it now. I want you to quickly put your hand up high and wave it at me in Jesus' name. I see your hands. That's awesome. I know there's more. Put your hand up and wave it at me if that's you. Very quickly, I want every person that right now, you meant business with God. And those of you with the most boldness, come first. Your boldness helps those that are more shy. Quickly come out of your seats and join me at the front. And Jesus is going to come into your heart right now. Come right now. Stand right there as you come. Wow. I'm happy. Keep coming. Keep clapping. Lift that hand to the Lord and give me this one. Here comes a promotion from the Lord. As you've been faithful in little, tonight you're made ruler over much. The doors will just come open. I'm not going to say what I feel in my spirit. It's not about you, but about King's Chapel. I'll just tell Pastor Daniel. I'll just say it. To, I'll just tell you part of it. God's going to raise up a lot of young, hungry, and I don't mean new people. I'm saying some of the young, hungry ministers that have, that have been working hard in small things. This is going to be the year that God opens doors for them to do great things. Is that your husband? Oh, then it makes sense. Because <laughs> it's not like God's going to open big doors for you and then him just sit home and smoke. Yeah, have a good meeting, honey. <laughs> Phil! Okay, go back to plank. <laughs> By the way, you're anointed on the keyboard. Amen. I was listening to you play on the broadcast. So, play for me the whole week, huh? Are you leaving during the week? You going somewhere? Okay, well then you play for me all week. You, you, know, you know how to flow in the anointing. Most people don't even know there is an anointing. I had one church play Happy Birthday. Because all the songs they played were sad. So I thought, well, anybody knows Happy Birthday. And even if you're demon-possessed, you can play that happy. Amen. Lift your hands all across the front. That's the hand of the Lord coming upon you right now. Lift your other hand up higher. That's what the Lord did to, to me when I was your age. And I'm still not the same. You'll never be the same from tonight. You're already forgiven. God's putting his hand on you. He's going to use you mightily. Filled. Jesus' name. Look at the Lord touching all the kids. Say this out loud from the bottom of your heart. God hears this prayer. This isn't a recital. You're actually talking to God. So say it nice and loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. 
Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I was weak, make me strong. In Jesus' name. Now declare this, I am saved. I am a Christian. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And I will not turn back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your hands lifted. I'm going to say I'm going to pray for you, but the Lord is going to fill you with the He's already filling many of you with the Holy Spirit right now. I know you people don't need to hear this, but as soon as the church wakes up that that's the only solution to stop school shootings is to get people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. He ain't gonna get up that gr- off the ground and go sell drugs or stab anyone or shoot anyone. People either receive the Spirit of God or they receive the Spirit of this world. You receive the Spirit of the world, you're gonna be in trouble. But you'll never be in trouble. You'll get people out of trouble. That's it. You'll never be the same, buddy. You'll be a terror to the devil.
be filled. How many people can you stab in one afternoon? Just got out of here at 1.30. How much sinning can you do in four and a half hours? What are you, a Grand Theft Auto character? follow that inward witness on the inside of you. You'll, you'll do well in life. I'm going to pray for all of you from right here. But before I do, this lady with the, the blonde hair and you have like the purple streak here, maybe in the center aisle. Yeah. There should only be one that fits that description. Lift both your hands right there. It's not going to be like I've been prophesying to everybody. It's not going to be slow progress with you. God will do so much before the end of this week, you'll look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't even think that's the same lady. In Jesus' mighty name. I'll pray one last thing. Anybody from your past life that would cause you a problem, they'll just go missing in Jesus' name so you'll be free to serve the Lord. God made the entire Egyptian army go missing. So him getting one guy to disappear is not really a big trick. Nobody from your past life will ever come back looking for you, and if they do, they'll disappear. In G like Jimmy Hoffa. Amen. Do you know, I've never prayed for this in 16 years, but I feel to pray for it right now. Every person lift your hand. Every lady in the sound of my voice that has an abusive boyfriend from your past that you're actually in fear that will come back in your house, hold you at gunpoint or whatever, I mean, the guy's nuts. I tell you, from this day forward, there's already angels guarding the entrances of your home. And anybody that steps foot on your property to do you harm, they will regret stepping on your property to do you harm. You know, God will protect you. Can't, you can't, and I love the police, but you can't rely on the police in Alaska. It's going to take them 50 minutes to get to your town. By that time, you're already dead. But the Lord encamps round about all those that serve Him. With your hands lifted, just begin to thank God that He's going to be your protection from this day forward. Thank Him out loud. Don't thank Him like an Episcopalian. Thank Him out loud. Mr. Secure. 
security in, in, in her as well. Just step right up. Both of you lift your hands. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. You don't have the best year you've ever had. I thank God for Pastor Bracken, you know. If she wants to preach, let her preach. Anybody with a hat that nice, let them have the service. You got to be a special kind of nuts to go on vacation and just turn me loose in your church. I like people that are crazy like that. How many of you are happy you have a pastor that's a little crazy? He's a good guy. You go to a place, Pentecostal churches now. Service starts at 7. We try to have the people, we try to be done by 8.20. If you run a little long to 8.25, that's okay. I wouldn't even get dressed to do something for an hour and 25 minutes. People want to go home, just go home. This is a week. To have fun and make the devil pay the bill. My friend here in the all black glasses, yeah, front row, the anointed one, step forward. I can see you know I preach long. You pack two backpacks, <laughs> a change of clothes, sandwich, gallon to a, an African service. It ran till 4 in the morning, 8 p.m. till 4 a.m. I was sitting next to a lady. She unzipped her purse and quietly pulled out a six-inch sub. And when I saw that, I thought, we're going to be here a while. This lady packed up, not a snack, not goldfish, a six-inch sub and a thing of milk. <laughs> it's not some kind of word I'm coming up with. If you're faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. 
clap your hands to the Lord, everybody. Come on, give him a good Alaska hand clap. Let the people watching from all over the world know what a hooligan sounds like. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lift your hands all over the room. Now, you understand I'm here all week. So if you didn't get prayer tonight, fortunately for you, there's 10 more meetings. But I'm going to pray for, for you from right here. And what I started to say before I started calling people out was I was reading about one of T.L. Osborne's crusades where they had to take the wheelchairs off the field in pickup trucks. So many people got healed. When I was talking about coveting power from God, that's why I don't have meetings like we had today. Well, I, I think I've pretty well, no, I want that. I want where before the crippled person even can get into the building, they're already healed. Father, increase the anointing on my life. I was going to pray for you, but I just feel like praying for me. So say this after me with your hands lifted. Say, Father, increase the anointing on my life tonight. With your hands lifted, go ahead and pray for 60 seconds. In Jesus' name, increase the anointing on my life. Increase the anointing on my life. Increase the power of God that dwells in me. Increase the anointing on my life. Go ahead and pray. Ask him and you'll receive. 15 more seconds. Call out to him. Rondo repata. Shkindiam ondo reba. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Everybody said. Put your hands down, but stay on your feet. That's why Paul pray, told the people to pray. I pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of his power that works in us. How many intercessors did Elijah have join him to pray to call fire down from heaven? How many? How many people joined Elijah to help him call fire down from heaven? We, I can't get anyone interested in praying in our town. You don't need anyone to get interested. Just you. The Bible doesn't say when y'all stand praying. It says when you stand praying. Say, I'm anointed with fresh oil. When Paul got thrown into prison, nobody helped him pray out. Just his buddy that was in there. And he knew what he carried when he released it. It broke everybody out of prison. Stop being dependent on others. Stir up and build up your own anointing and there's no jail and no chain that hell has ever made that can keep you bound in Jesus' name. 
Lift your hands to the Lord. And on the strength of those instructions, Ephesians 1, 2 Timothy 1, stir up the gift that came on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you. We're going to take 60 more seconds, and I want you to pray like your life depends on it, because it does. Say this out loud. Father, increase the anointing. Endue me with spiritual gifts that make me a blessing everywhere I go. Go ahead, 60 seconds. Ask him to increase the anointing on you one more time. Randara, increase the anointing. Bundo repatosteki. Mandara, I'm not content to stay where I'm at. Father, when I walk in the room, anyone that's bound, anyone that's afflicted, let the bondage and affliction vacate the room. Let me carry so much fire. That darkness can't inhabit the same room as me. Fifteen more seconds. Pray. Increase the anointing. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Everybody said a living amen. This young lady here in the front row, you knew. Lift both hands, close both eyes. You'll never be the same from tonight. You're not going to have to wait till you're 21 for the Lord to use you. If Jesus comes in the next three years and you're, how old are you? 10. So obviously he's not going to wait till you're 21 if he comes in three years. There's going to be child preachers. I was reading about a girl in Brazil that's, that was nine years old at the time that people fly in from all over the world to come here and preach because they get healed. In early Pentecost, 1906, there were child preachers all through America. Little David Walker on down the line. It'll happen again. Lift both your hands. Give Jesus the greatest hand clap you've ever given anybody. The devil is defeated. Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Announce it to the devil. Say, I'm not trying to get the victory. Say, I have the victory in Jesus' name. Hard to say that without smiling. That's faith. You guys that are on the floor obviously can stay where you're at, but just take your seats briefly. We'll dismiss you in a second. Hey. Hey. Welcome to the family of God.
all the young people that are here and out there. If the Lord calls you into the ministry, anybody tells you, well, you need to, you need to find, you should go to another school first so you have a way to make money. Let me tell you something. Just tell them about me. So, no, I met this preacher. He came to our church. He said he's richer than you. And I am. You think God calls you to go preach and then doesn't take care of you? Jesus said in Luke 20, just listen, Jesus said in Luke 22, 35 to the the disciples that he sent out, when I sent you out without purse or script or shoes, did you lack anything? And they said, no, Lord. And Thomas was there. So if they lacked something, he would have said something. Uh, Actually, I haven't eaten in the last three days. I was actually going to talk to you. I've lacked a lot. Nobody lacked. When you go out for Jesus, he takes good care of you. Lift your hands in your seat. Whether you're going into full-time ministry or not, everybody in the sound of my voice, the Lord will take good care of you. You'll never lack anything. The more, the more kids you have, the more money you'll have. That's how it works for me. Everybody told me the opposite. Oh, you're having a chance. You ain't. They need diapers. I'm way richer now with the kid than I was before I had the kid. God's not stupid. I know you don't like me saying rich, but the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich. So if you want somebody to talk about having their needs met, you book the wrong preacher. Rich. You'll never lack. I said you'll never lack. Whatever the Lord's anointed you to do for work, do it. It doesn't work if you sit around watching Judge Judy all afternoon. You've got to get out and do what God's called you to do. And you say amen. Well, praise the Lord. You gonna put your hands down? We have meetings tomorrow. If you guys, you guys at the altar, just stay right there because I won't be much longer. I don't think some of you don't have an option anyway. We're gonna have service tomorrow at noon. Start promptly at twelve oh five, and I'll dismiss uh, by one o'clock at the latest, and then uh, at night at seven o'clock. And so make a point not to miss a meeting. You know, you don't have to choose one or the other. There's only so long you can humanly barbecue. So, I mean, even if you just, you say, oh, my family's having to get together. You can slip out for an hour and a half. They won't even notice you're gone. Half of them will be drunk uh, when you leave. Amen. Get here. And in the morning, the mornings are powerful services. I'm going to get more more into what I started on tonight. And then then at night, they're also powerful. It's going to be the best week you've ever had. Amen. I know I don't have to encourage anyone here to come because you people, if I asked you to please not come, I think you'd come anyway with glasses, nose, and a fake mustache and sit in the back. Some of the best people I've ever preached to. So God's going to bless you. We're going to receive an offering tonight for uh, our ministry. And I want you just to ask the Lord what he would have you to give. I was here last year for a whole week, so you know what I do. You know about all those crusades we did. I'll show you a video maybe tomorrow night. But we're getting ready to do three open-air crusades. One in Newark. Newark, the city, donated 17 billboards for us to use for free around the city. The mayor invited us to come. If you've never been to Newark, New Jersey, it needs help. And we're going to bring them help. Asbury Park, going there as well. And then uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Which I might just go down to Bourbon Street and flip all those fortune tables, uh, tellers' tables over. If I get arrested, I could use arrest anyway. Amen. Get a free tattoo, make a couple new friends, and then I'll be out in a week or two. 
I'll do what Paul did. I'll go finish a book while I'm in there. Amen. <laughs> so if I come back next year and it written, only God can judge me, like in, you'll know where I got it. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready to misbehave before Jesus comes back. If you don't have anything to live for, just stick around and watch what I'm getting ready to do. I'm going to have some fun at the devil's expense. Amen. I want to challenge you to do what the Bible teaches. Not only to give, but give in faith. Many, many people gave last year, and not only did you give the biggest thing you've ever given, you saw in those 12 months God do what you've never seen in the area of finances before. And I want you, now that that's happened, up your level of giving. That's one thing that's not easy to do, but I'm glad my wife and I covenanted to do that. Every time God changes your financial level, give more. It's one thing, you know, it's very hard giving your first thousand dollars. You write the comma on the check, your blood pressure goes up. Start getting blurriness in one eye. But then when the harvest comes back on that, you give your first five thousand, give your first ten thousand. I remember when we gave our first ten thousand, I thought, I don't know how anybody, how this could multiply back to us. I've never heard of anybody receiving a multiplied offering from 10,000. But when that unsaved businessman came in Europe and put a check for a million euro, 1.1 million US, in one offering in a church of less than 200, I looked at my wife and said, hey, I guess this works after all. <laughs> then we gave off of that and that now it just flows from everywhere. What um, guy that took the offering, what's your last name, Nantes? I pronounced it wrong, I know. Nantes. That offering he took was great. Everything he said is true. And if you up your level of giving, in doing that, you'll up your level of receiving. I don't know if this story will mean much to you, but I really liked it. And since I have the microphone, I'm going to tell it. When I was at Meadow Lake last week in Saskatchewan, I was teaching on giving, and the pastor thought, my daughter, his daughter was 13, I think, she asked for a new cell phone, and he told her, I'm not going to get you a new cell phone. So when I was teaching on giving, I was teaching about how the father gives good gifts to his children, and the Lord spoke to him to give her the cell phone. So he told her the next morning when he was taking her to school, remember I told you I'm not gonna get you a cell phone? I'm gonna take you out after school and buy you whatever cell phone you want. Do you know what she told him? The Lord spoke to me in last night's offering to give all the money that I saved up to buy a cell phone. She had saved up 175 bucks, which still wasn't enough, and the Lord said, all that money, give it. And when she gave it, the Lord spoke to her dad to buy her the cell phone. Anytime God speaks to you about a seed, you're trying to save up to get something and you can't ever get past a certain point, watch what happens when you sow it. God won't have you make a down payment. God will just give you the whole thing. Can you say amen? amen. So whatever level the Lord has yet, you know, give it that level. We get ready to do those crusades, that's a minimum of about $400,000 just on those crusades, let alone the TV network and all that. So there's no amount that you're gonna give that I'm gonna say, gee, what will we do with that? We're gonna give the devil a knock in the head with whatever you give, and God will multiply the seed back to the sower. Can you say amen?